Turn your porch lights off because we're coming home with the trophy. Last play. Bremner goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball. You're listening to Ladies Who Lead. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm very happy to be welcoming my friend Mel Dinyaski back into the studio. Hey, what Mel. Up? Hey, how's it going, Mary? Good. How are you? I'm great. Feeling great. It's been a really long time since we've had you here. I don't know why, but you've had an amazing <laughs> trip while you've not been on the show. Tell us about your trip to the Super Bowl. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was amazing, as you mentioned. Super Bowl 51, the Patriots versus... Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the first ever Super Bowl to go into overtime and the biggest comeback ever in Super Bowl history. So I really picked a good one. <laughs> I was watching that, well, not watching, but following that game on Twitter. Mm. It just exploded constantly. And the yeah. last few minutes, it was basically my feed was just, oh, my God, is this happening? <laughs> is this real? What's going on? Yeah, uh, that is honestly the beauty of American football is that with such a limited amount of time left, so much can happen with timeouts and stoppages and things like that and big plays, you know. When you've got an arm like Tom Brady or Matt Ryan, you never know what's going to happen. So, My goodness. Yeah. What a phenomenal experience. It was experience. an amazing atmosphere there too. So, I think it's time we add someone else to the party this morning, <laughs> jumping out from behind the production desk. Good morning, Brittany Carter. Good morning, Mary and Mel. It's lovely to be back here. And this is where it all began last year. Yeah, With us three. I feel like Didn't Mel, really? the yeah. first time oh, he came wow. on Ladies Who League was with Brit. Amazing. It was. So yeah, it's very OG cool. <laughs> and um, in talking about that Super Bowl game, you're right things can change so quickly mm. in that sort of code because I went into a meeting when we were watching it at work and I came back and who, the leader had had swapped <laughs> and it was really bizarre yeah. and I was upset that I'd missed it but yeah your trip looked amazing it was it was a good time I did manage to do a little bit of travel around the south as well and just experience Texas and a bit of Tennessee and stuff like that and, uh, and they do Louisiana. sports so well don't they oh my god the way yeah. they pump them up they're nuts about it they really are it's crazy and Texas is football state number mm. one in America so <laughs> you couldn't have had a better host for the Super Bowl amazing far I'll have to get over to America well for not not for a Super Bowl. You either. left us last year to go to America, remember? Yeah, actually, that's true. I forgot about that. I'm just thinking Super Bowl trip, Simpsons. I'd probably enter into some sort of yeah. scam arrangement to get I myself mean, there and San get a ticket Fran's on a biscuit. It's just like a short flight away, isn't it, these days? Just pop across the Pacific and you're in San Fran and they're not a very good team right now, so tickets are probably pretty cheap. So. <laughs> Jared Hayden's gone. Look, I'm used to not having a very good team, so it seems like San Francisco so, would be a very good yeah, fit Jared for Hayden's me. Jared Hayden's gone, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> We digress. We've moved into a talk about American football. Let's get back to rugby league and start with the game between the Roosters and the Bulldogs on Thursday night. Now, the Roosters won this game 28 to 24, and I feel like it was a game very much about Luke Keery. Everyone seems to be talking about Luke Keery and how successful his move has been from the South Sydney Rabbitohs over to the Sydney Roosters. So, he had a great game in that he set up the Roosters' first try. He managed to, you know, get his arm free to offload to Boyd Cordner. He exposed the defence of Josh Jackson and then put Mitch Orbison into the corner. And him and Mitchell Pearce just seemed to be working beautifully together. Britt, 
I know you like the Rabbitohs. How are you feeling about seeing Luke Keery doing so well for the Roosters? There were a lot of memes about Russell Crowe on Twitter. I don't know if you saw them, but a lot of them were very funny. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a common route, though, isn't it? Yeah. The Rabbitohs and the Roosters, they've uh, exchanged quite a few players over the years. Yeah, yeah. and they've got the big, one of the biggest rivalries in history, oh, too. Yeah. Uh, look, to be honest, when Luke Keery was at the Rabbits, I didn't really like him. I thought he had a bit of an attitude problem, and I couldn't really find a way to become fond of him. I just didn't like him and nothing really seemed to gel with him at that club. But, I mean, he's turning my perception around because in two games at the Roosters, he's been phenomenal and I really do think he's been the buyer of the season for them completely. And sometimes, you know, players just need a change of scenery, I think. Um, I heard Mitchell – not Mitchell Pierce, I heard Luke Keery – being interviewed a few weeks ago, and the first thing he did was make a jibe about Mitchell Pierce. So clearly, like they've already <laughs> got a really well good them. working relationship, and yeah. that I think is very clear from what they've been doing on the field. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Yeah, Harps chemistry is big. It is big in every team. It's like the spine of every you know attack, and so you know you got to have that that on song if you're going to be successful. He, he did make a few mistakes I noticed as well, but it was sort of like you couldn't criticize him because he was everywhere mm-hmm. and he was involved in everything. So at least. He was having a dig. Yeah, absolutely. I am looking forward to watching him and Mitchell Pierce continue to develop, and I'm slightly anxious about leaving the Roosters out of my eight, which is something that I did at the beginning of the season. I think they are looking like a very strong top eight team at the moment. The other thing I really enjoyed was the battle between Napa and Clemmer. I really enjoy a good forward battle. So halfway through the first half, Clem ended up on his backside, which is not something we see very frequently. And then he Or him of... with hair, by the way. Yeah, I know. That's it's so strange. I, I hate that that's a sticking point for me. It was just, it is so weird. Yeah. It is so weird. Do you guys know why he has hair now? No. No, so it's because he loves Aaron Woods so much. It's because of their bromance that he's now trying to look like Aaron that Woods. He's growing a hair. Truth, look, surely. I reckon that's he's I got reckon a fade that's happening. It. Sorry? He's got a fade happening. A fade? He's not going to grow oh. out the Viking hair unless, <laughs> unless he grows out the sides, but it is an awkward stage to be in for boys that have really long hair on the yeah. sides. Oh, wow. That just shows the commitment Aaron Woods has had to. Absolutely, <laughs> and the commitment that they have to each other. Now, that is a very, very special bromance in rugby league. Uh, Britt, Mal, have you got yeah. anything else on this game? Oh, I just, I mean, I think the, uh, the Roosters, as you said, they're looking, uh, as usual, I think they usually start most seasons looking pretty good. They mm-hmm. always seem to have a pretty solid roster. Um, the Bulldogs, I think, it's another opportunity loss. They came very, very close last week against the Storm. 100% should have won that that game, in my opinion. Watching it, they had so much time with the ball, so many opportunities to score. The Storm's defense just uh, you know, kept them out. So that would be another opportunity loss for the Bulldogs. I think they'd be quite disappointed with their start. What did look good for them were the Morris brothers, though, and we're still feeling their loss at if St. You George. Pick them apart, that is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's so that's true. Right. Like yeah. Josh Morris to score that try, he had to run, I think, nine meters and carried three defenders mm. with him. Like he should not have scored that try at all. They're freaks. Mm. No, they're, they they're freaks. freaks. I want their chromosomes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where to from there? Uh, but I think Des Hasler will continue to be under pressure, unfortunately, and I story very interesting because the Bulldogs are a team that have made the finals in recent years and it's just because they haven't won a premiership I think. But they've Desi's been successful under- for such a long time haven't they yeah, and they so their have fans been. have come to you know expect that from them. Mm. Far out as a uh, Parramatta fan only to ex- expect premierships <laughs> wouldn't that be a dream? Wait till we yeah. start talking about the Dragons later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And there was another point too that everyone was. Uh, did you see there was a big scuffle in the stands as well? What was that about? It was it seemed I, like a. You don't normally see that too much at league games. I don't think. No, you don't. I don't really know what the deal was mm. with that. Apparently, they ejected like fifty people Crazy. from the stands. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I had friends of the game. They said they could see it, like in the in the in the, in the stands from wherever wow. you were sitting. So you know, a bit of a, a low point on that particular game. But everybody behave. Yeah, <laughs> go to sport and behave. Yeah, don't behave. be. What is it? Don't be a tosser. Don't like. We need some sort of tag like that. You know. <laughs> if you come up with the tag during the show, just yell it out. Yeah. Because okay, once cool. you come up with that idea, we don't want it to. We trademark it. We trademark. Oh yeah, that's right. Put a TM on the end. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you both a question, and I want you to answer honestly. Did you see the game between the Warriors and the Storm last night? The Storm won twenty six points to ten. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I have an excuse. <laughs> What's your excuse? I was producing AFL Women, so I was watching it, but I wasn't paying attention. To be honest, I saw it was raining a lot. And I saw Storm one. That's well, all. Yeah, look, you could have seen the highlights and known that it was raining. That doesn't prove anything. <laughs> what about you, Mel? Uh, I am in the same boat. Just the timing of it is a bit. Uh, it's a bit unusual. And you know, it's a similar issue with the A League when, um, when whenever the Wellington Phoenix play, it's just always at such an awkward time. You and never... why is one on Fox and one on Nine? Like it's so confusing for me. I just want to be able to watch them back to back on the same channel. And uh, I think broadcast deals. Well, <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. I think the big point is that it's a time slot that I think a lot of people will struggle. I'm never home from work before six PM, so I was listening on the way on the bus home. That's that was the sort of the best that I could do. I really hope um that my team doesn't have any six PM time slots because it'll be impossible for me to sort of get to. <laughs> There's a joke here about the storm playing well in the storm. Uh, that's about as, as good as I can do, I think. And for the second week in a row, to be honest, because there was torrential rain when they played the Bulldogs yep, last week. Yep. I think we do need to talk about the milestones to come out of this game. So Cameron Smith became the first Queenslander to score 2,000 career points. And Sean Johnson is now the Warriors' all-time highest point scorer, that overtaking Stacey Jones. amazing stat, considering how young he is and... Just what he's been able to achieve in the time he's been in the NRL. That's crazy. Isn't yeah, it? he's a crazy player. Yeah. Like, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. It's a shame that the Warriors lost this game, though, because I think they are a different team from the team, the team that we saw last year. And they're starting to show a little bit of ticker, I think. So they completed at 86% last night, which in those in sorts rain, of conditions, yeah is pretty significant, but the Storm are another team that we know are just very disciplined and can handle those conditions. So I think the Storm only had seven errors and missed 17 tackles, which is crazy in conditions like that. They're one of those teams who just grind out a win any way possible. There is a lot of discipline there, and they've had that year on year on year on year on year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just ingrained in that Craig Bellamy. Yeah, yeah. Spitting out the the coaching window. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Haven't you seen it? No. (laughs) If you ever see a shot of him and, and the Storm do something he's not happy about. There is spit all over yeah. the window. <laughs> no, I've never noticed that. I'll have Look to. Uh, it's a Windex sponsorship opportunity. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Waiting to happen. There we go. And the other sort of news to come out of this game was Roger Tuivasa-Shek, who didn't return after the 28th minute with concussion. Is he made of plastic? <laughs> oh, he's fired. Oh, wow. look. 
Maybe Swallow because, some concrete. All right, do you know why? It's because he's in my super coach team, all right? I'm admitting oh, it. He's okay. in my super coach team. Go. He went off. He only scored seven points. I need more from him. I absolutely need more from my team. Oh, Mary, you've exposed yourself as one of those people who goes up to players and they're not fanning out. They're just like, can you just do better next week? <laughs> Give me some points. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So that was that game. Now let's get on to the other game that happened last night. Biggest Broncos. game of the week, I would say. Right? You're a Queenslander, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah yes. look at out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she is. Wow. She is. So Broncos v Cowboys. The Cowboys won 21 points to 20. I don't even know what to say. This is the fourth time out of five games <laughs> that these two teams have gone into Golden Point. What I think I loved the most was that the average crowd for these games is almost is over 48,000, actually. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a sellout. Suncorp is... One of the best stadiums for rugby league in the actually the best. I'm just calling it. Is that it's the, the cauldron? Best. Is that yeah. what they refer to it as? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. I went to State of Origin last year up there because I felt like it was an experience that I need needed to have. Worth it. So worth it. Yeah. Like the Queenslanders love State of Origin. Yeah, they love it and they're <laughs> yelling and they're screaming and no matter where you sit in the stadium, you've got a phenomenal view. It is something else. Yeah, it so, is, um, it is a, a great, great place to watch rugby league. Watch most sports, really. It's good for, for football as well. But um, I guess what's great about this one, this is sort of the one that you circle in the calendar really early on. <laughs> sit down, watch it, go to the game. Whatever you do, don't miss it because you know you're going to get a great matchup of some legendary players that will forever be, you know, in the history books in rugby league is the best ever. Jonathan Thurston just pulls it out of the hat again. How does he do it every time? In Golden Point, like that man is made of something else. It, it's it's really like not plastic. No, not <laughs> plastic. Ice through the veins. Like he's just cool, calm, and collected, but. At the same time, the passion that he shows is so infectious. Yeah. There are a couple of great shots after the game when JT kicked the field goal and he's there with his arms in the air celebrating. <laughs> and Jason Tomalolo was just doubled over in exhaustion. Like yeah. he had given it everything well, he that he a, had. He blocked the field goal attempt, didn't he? That's right. So he blocked Drop the goal. Anthony Milford yeah. field goal attempt. He charged yeah. that down. And then in the set to get the Cowboys up to the other end, Jason Tomalolo had two carries. So he ran 231 metres Crazy. in that game and ran 295 metres in the game before. He is just... Well, there were a lot of sore bodies to come out of that mm-hmm. game. And I think the Cowboys have now got a lot of injuries because of it. They do. So Matt Scott, ACL, yeah. I believe, and Antonio Ooh. Winterstein, he's got an arm in injury as well, oh, which is really Coots a shame. suspected Tom Calf too, so that's big for them. But, I mean, they're two from two now, so, I mean, it's a good start, isn't it? And I'm never, ever going to quote Gus Gould again. <laughs> Hold me to that. But last night on the commentary, he said, we've run out of words. What else can you say? And I was like, I'm with you. What, what, what do, do you say? say? Like, yeah, I was going to tweet, but I thought nothing I can say is going to live up to what we've just witnessed. It's incredible how they keep doing that time and time again. It's just that none of them quit. Yeah, that, no. The yeah. last 10 minutes of regular time, that was literally end to end. And these are these big 100 kilo guys somehow managing to trudge back and forth up the field. There was no stopping. There was like, it was just kick, catch, kick, catch. And, and they just, have so much respect for oh each other God. too. Like, it's not like, yeah, it's no one gives up. Like, yeah. no one's giving anything. Yeah. It's just defend the intensity every is from driven mm-hmm. and wanting to win, like you mm-hmm. said. It's not because, you know, they hate each other and they want to brawl. No, because they're going to be on the team together at Origin. <laughs> so. That's true. They I, have a mutual love, uh, hate of New South Wales, yeah, I should yeah, say. So. It probably brings them together. I did feel a little bit for the Broncos in this game because I feel like they let it get away from them a little bit. So they were very much on top. But then 
you know, they let the Cowboys score in the 39th minute and the 43rd minute. And the thing about both those tries was that they came off the back of errors. So the first one was off the back of an Alex Glenn error and Michael Morgan scored and then Kahu made an error and Jake Granville scored. So the score went from being, you know, 14-6 in their favour to 18-14. The other thing about the Broncos that I wanted to raise is that in the press conference, Wayne Bennett made the comment that Ben Hunt doesn't like to practice field goals. Why? I just, I, I don't know. I just suppose Make he doesn't him. like to <laughs> you are the coach. Goal, but <laughs> in a situation where these teams consistently go into golden point, you need someone that you can throw that ball mm. to and that know, that you can depend on to yeah. kick that field goal. And I don't think the Broncos have that player. You know, it's also interesting. Well, Anthony Milford missed a conversion attempt It as was well. the worst shot ever. Yeah. But I think that's because Jason Tomalolo jumped on it, like you said. Yeah. Well, no, but, uh, and there was also, um, the forward pass, the the controversial in quotes perhaps forward pass. Uh, I think we use dubious. That's what dubious the word that they used yes. on the ABC. Yes, yes. let's not slander anyone. Um, <laughs> James Roberts with the with the pass. I yeah. think it was to Kahu. Mm. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, I got to say with rugby league. I've noticed in the last couple of years, there's a million forward passes. There are that a are lot not of forward called. passes. Like it's just the matter of fact thing about this game. But right it's now. also the angles of the TV sometimes. Like, That's true. Sometimes I'm. Dead set sure it's a forward pass. Yeah, and then I maybe. see another angle and I'm like, oh. Don't know. And it, it used to be like, oh, if your hands are passing backwards and it floats forward, that's not a forward <laughs> pass. Now I can't quite define it, to be yeah. honest. Uh, I don't know what they're going to call or what they're not going to call. <laughs> My goodness. But look, it sounded like I was criticizing Ben Hunt before, but I actually thought he had a really good game. He got and man of the match. He did get man of the match. And, you know, he put a grubber through for Jimmy the Jet to score. He did 40-20. He put another grubber through for Darius Boyd to score. And... Ben Hunt's a player that I feel a little bit for because I don't feel like he's been the same player ever since he dropped that ball in the grand final, but it was good to see him getting some confidence back last night. And maybe he's another player that a change will do some good for as well. They rally around each other. I think they've got a very tight-knit group. So, yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. It's that Queensland Rugby League spirit. Now, I've only had three games, but so much to talk about already. Britt, do you have a game that you're really looking forward to this weekend? I do. And it might surprise you. I'm really looking forward to the Dragons and Eels game. I don't think that surprises me because I think that's going to be one of the games of the round after what we saw last week. Yeah, and it is really, really hard not to get my hopes up. <laughs> As a Dragons fan, it's just been, you know, such such a hard, you know, probably, is how long is it since we won? 2010. It's been a hard... <laughs> Sorry, the Eels haven't I'm won since 1986. <laughs> get out. <laughs> But it's been really, really hard to support them. I mean, not because they've been losing, but because the effort's not there and their heads were down and they weren't enjoying their football. But Gareth Widdop last week, he was smiling. Joel Thompson scored three. I could not tell you how much joy that game brought myself and my dad. My dad missed it because, you know, we've come accustomed to to sort of thinking, oh, we can skip that and if it's good, we'll watch it back. But I said, you need to watch this. And he went and watched the replay as a result. So, as I said, it's hard not to get my hopes up. And I backed Parramatta for you last week, Mary, because it was your birthday, but I'm not going to back them this week. Look, that's fair enough. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. The Dragons had the second worst attack in the competition and then last week came out and scored more points than any other team. Who were they? I don't know, but I want to highlight Jack DeBellin as well. He made 155 metres, had five offloads, seven tackle busts and scored a try. And when he scored that try... 
It was like he'd won a grand final, like he just stood up and he was so G'd up. Like I just, I loved it. And I think it's going to be a really good game because Parramatta were great last week too. So Mm. let's see what happens. But guys, what about uh, the Titans and the Knights? There has been so much talk and distractions in Gold Coast this week. I just do not see how the Titans are going to win. Well, this is another one that I'm also looking forward to because the Knights last week, they lost to the Warriors, Mm. but they looked Mm -hmm. good and they came very, very close to a team that, you know, has one of the best spines in the competition. I think mm. they can win at home. And you're right, the Jared Hayne factor, oh Mel. Oh, gosh, just nonstop. The guy can't stay out of a headline. I'm not convinced. I still think the Titans are going to win. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> no, look, that's okay. I have a soft spot for the Knights. I hope they do win. Jared Hayne, I just, I just can't get excited about him. I can't. Too, too many headlines. Yeah, yeah, for strange reasons. And then some people saying this about him, other people saying that about him. It's just this constant discussion about one player who really we should be focusing on some other really quality players around the league. But Mel, you brought up earlier when we were chatting off mic that there have been talks that he wants to come back to the Roosters. Which... Oh, there was some uh, thing that James Hooper from Fox Sports reported that uh, they, there was some discussions made towards um, him looking to leave, uh, come back to Sydney, basically, and the Roosters were thrown up as one of those teams. I have no idea if that is indeed correct, but, uh, you know, James Hooper reports. It's, it just sort of makes you think, though, is... Does Hayne have his eye sort of elsewhere, which it's the beginning of the season. Yeah. yeah. That is the worst thing that can happen in week, in round two. Just like, you just don't want one of your most high profile guys thinking, oh, I'm already got one foot out the door. Like, it's just a crazy thing to, no one would ever do that, but somehow. Game, and what know. I think also is interesting in that he's had so many headlines while he's been at the Gold Coast. We all know what the media in Sydney is like on rugby league. If he comes back, he'll oh be even a, more of a walking headline. He'll be a Jared Hayne eats sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they may be a ride. At you know what too. I find really interesting though? Last year we would have definitely tipped the Raiders and Sharks to be the match of the rounds, and this week we've all picked different games that have you know teams that were said not to perform this year again. Well, that was actually going to be. There are another two that I wanted to mention, and Raiders Sharks was another game that I yeah, wanted to mention. Will be a good game. I'm looking forward to the Viking Clap returning to GIO <laughs> Stadium tonight. What does that sound like again? Oh, we'll hear that in a sting <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Unless you want me to start clapping into the mic. Cool. Um, <laughs> Is that good? We'll start our Should own Viking it? Clap here. Um, but interestingly, the Sharks have a really good record when they play the Raiders down there. So they've won their past four and 10 of their last 13, and they've scored 30-plus in six of those games. So I'm tipping the Raiders. They've got Jack White to return and Junior Paulo as well. So Raiders for the me. Raiders as well. No? Although the weather's supposed to yeah, be good. Yeah, And if you're heading to Canberra, it's probably now that you want to be heading there, not in winter when it's freezing yeah. cold. Sorry, yeah. I cut you off then. No, Mel. no, no, it's all good. I, I agree. Canberra's a great place to go watch some rugby league. Yeah. And, and they, they get really pumped up too. As you mentioned, the Viking clap and whatnot is the latest thing. But, uh, you know, the, it's got an exciting team that they've got there in, in Canberra too. So I don't know. I would definitely say this is one of those games. And I love seeing the Sharks beaten. So there you um, go. I'm all for Canberra in this one. There's been some <laughs> news also about Super Rugby possibly folding the ACT Brumbies. So <gasps> if that does happen. David Pocock. I know. Well, he's gone now anyway. Yeah, true. But, true. <laughs> he can come um, play for the Waratahs. <laughs> if that does happen, it means that Canberra will have one football team to mm-hmm. support. Mm-hmm. Which is good news for the Raiders, more but people, probably bad news for rugby fans. More people for rugby league, more people wearing those amazing Viking beanies that the Raiders <laughs> have. They're the best piece of merchandise in rugby league. The other game I want to get your tips on quickly is the game between the Tigers and the Panthers. Brett, who have you tipped? 
I think I tipped the Tigers just based off their form last week mm-hmm. and the form that Penrith showed last Far week. out. They were abysmal. Like I know they we talked so about bad. that game just before, but Panthers are title contenders leading into it and St. George were wooden spoon contenders and for it to completely flip, I just lost faith in them. And I know that Gus Gould was on air last night saying that he just doesn't know what happened. He can't explain it. They've had a great preseason. Mm. But I just, yeah, I just backed the Tigers as a result of that. What I thought was interesting about Penrith's performance last week was that the, the forwards were completely steamrolled. So Trent Merrin had a quiet game and they just couldn't get any go forward. And I think they're really missing Josh Mansour because mm. he is a player that takes the ball up. And you can't depend on Matt Moylan to be doing that. He's too small and he gets taken back in defence. So they really struggle to get the momentum going. If they don't fix that this week, I see the Tigers winning this as well. Yeah, I would. I reckon the Tigers are the tip on this one. Good. Um, James Tedesco, he's looking mm. like he's in, a, he's in a bit of form too. He's amazing. Apparently I'm the only one in the world that calls him Teddy Tedesco, but look. No, I've heard that a few times. Maybe why, just why from Teddy? me. What's the Teddy link there? I, is his middle name Edward? I don't know what it is, but everyone just calls him Teddy. Maybe it's from Tedesco. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so no, that makes so much sense. Apparently, yes. I'm just meant to call him Teddy, not Teddy Tedesco. It's like trying um, to work out a cricket nickname. You can never. No, there's some weird layers, story behind too it. Many yeah. Layers. yeah, it's like an onion, right? Yes. There's a good Shrek reference. There's one thing I do want to mention yeah. before we wrap up NRL is that how amazing is the Sims family? Mm. Oh. Epic. So you've got Tariq doing so well for the Dragons, Corbin playing well for Brisbane, like pumping up the crowd last night. Oh, I love that moment. <laughs> Ashton, I watched the game with the Warrington Wolves and um, the Broncos. You're watching Super League now too. Oh, only when they oh, played okay. the Broncos. Right. <laughs> um, but Ashton was incredible, as we know he is. And Ruan Sims. I was about to say you forgot to mention our favourite The most important. Sims. The most important. Ruan. Uh, was on debut in commentary last week for the ABC and I knew she was going to be fantastic. I backed her. But to actually hear the way she articulates play and describes it and dumbs it down for for layman's terms and, and fans like myself, I was just blown away. She's amazing. Shout-outs to the Sims mom. Yeah. Is there any Did more that I've job? missed? How many of them are You there? actually have wow. missed one more Sims. So there is another Sims, and that Sims is another girl, and she plays, I believe she plays um, Gridiron, and Whoa. she's thinking oh, about like making a transition to the Gillaroos. Wow. Mm-hmm. I talked about wanting the Morris's chromosomes before, but that's some good genes there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, so, absolutely. To produce five athletes, that's five, right? My math is terrible. Yeah, that's no. five. <laughs> no, that's five. Shout out to the Sims family, but particularly to Ruan, our favourite Sims of all. We stand by for the clap. Croker takes them down the tunnel. This weekend, the Sydney Uni Flames will be playing the Dandenong Rangers in the first of a three-game decider series to crown the WNBL season champions of 2017. We're very lucky this morning to be joined by Cheryl Chambers, coach of the Sydney Uni Flames. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Thanks for speaking to me. No, thank you so much for making the time. How are preparations going ahead of the match tonight? Yeah, good. Oh, you know... Business as usual, so except for a lot more excitement around and everyone's got a buzz and, you know, the whole place has got, everyone's got their blue t-shirts on, so it's a very exciting day. 
And this is the first time that a Sydney team has been in the grand final for several years. What do you think has been the difference this season for the Flames? Uh, I think we've just got a really good quality group. I mean, uh, I think that's the first part of it. The girls are really talented and they work really good together. They're really selfless. You know, it doesn't matter who scores and who doesn't score. Everyone's there for each other. So I think that's part of the secret. And, of course, there's all the other things of hard work and discipline and all that sort of stuff. But I think we've just got a very special group. Now, Cheryl, we're very familiar with, I guess, the lead-up to an important end-of-season game like this in other sports. But can you talk us through what exactly is your day going to be like now in preparation for for these three games? Okay, well, it'll be be as as normal. I'm actually just about to go into what we call shoot-around, so we'll watch some video of the other team. We've already done a little bit during the week, but we'll watch some more video and talk about the scout and how we're going to defend them, and then we'll do some shooting, and we we have a bit of fun with our shoot-around. We've got the... A shoot-around competition that's been going up every time we win, so it's up, up to $300, $300 today, so Ooh. the girls are very excited <laughs> to try and get someone to win that. So, uh, who's who's topping that, that, that list at the moment? Can you reveal it? Uh, Alex Wilson's won the last two weeks. I think she won 250 and 200 over the last two weeks, so <laughs> everyone's barracking for someone else so that she doesn't get a win this week. <laughs> Cheryl, it's Brittany here. You beat Townsville, the defending champs in the semi-finals in back-to-back games to now be in this grand final series but you still weren't happy with the performance I read in the paper yesterday what do you think you can improve on that game I mean you took down the the powerhouse that is Susie Bakovich and you still made it and you're still not happy with the girls <laughs> oh not happy with harsh but you know I thought there were some parts of our game especially after half time that you know I didn't think that we should have let slip that we did uh, but certainly really happy. I mean, Townsville have won it three times and, you know, up in their stadium, it's a bit of a cauldron. So to get up there and get a win there to make the grand final was absolutely fantastic. Now, you've moved interstate to, to coach this side. Is that correct? I'm actually commuting. Yes, moved moved or commuting. I've got a husband and three children who have just arrived in the background, actually, um, to come up and watch the game. So, um, and from yeah, Melbourne, is that is that right? Yeah, from Melbourne. Yeah. That's a huge commitment. So for the girls to make the grand final today just shows that what you've put in this year has been absolutely worth it. Yeah, it has. It's been, you know, a bit of a dream come true. It's been an aim and, you know, at the start of the season, the aim was to make the finals. And as it started to go on, I guess we sort of thought that, you know, we had a pretty good group and, you know, we certainly changed our aims. But, you know, it'll be a dream come true and I'm sure there'll be lots of tears either way, whatever happens tonight. Cheryl, who are the key players that the Flames will need to keep an eye out for tonight? Uh, look, they're, they're a pretty deep team, to be quite honest with you, but Steph Cummings has been in fantastic form and in, in the series against Perth, she was great. So she's she's one player that we will have to lock down and, and try and make her look a little bit difficult. Um, Sarah Blickarms is another one. She's just a pure athlete as well, and, and they play her in the four spot, so... Um, trying to get bigger defenders on her, so that's that's a bit of a challenge at times. And it, you've got you know their import Ali Malot, who's been sensational as well. So they've got they've got lots of weapons. You know their point guard's pretty quick, and will try and push the tempo. So another really important thing for us to do is to slow the tempo down. Now there's lots of stories to come out of this grand final series as well. Sixteen years ago, Belinda Snell won a championship with Sydney. And she hasn't won anything since then, so she'll be definitely looking to to finish that drought. And also, you've got some history with the Dandenong coach, Larissa Anderson, don't you? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, look, I coached her back uh, when I was coaching the WNBL for um, Melbourne, which was called Bulleen back then. So I coached her for a couple of years. She made a prelim final and then um, 
she went and finished her playing career at her home club, Dandenong, that now she's coaching. So, um, yeah, there is a bit of history, which it'll be a bit of fun. It's nice to have another woman coach again. Hopefully um, she won't know all your tactics. <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably both know each other pretty well by now. I mean, we've played each other three times and... Um, yeah, so I, I think we probably know each other. It's, you know, we're probably going to have to use some different tactics, I think. Cheryl, you're playing at home tonight at Brighton Stadium. For anyone that hasn't had the opportunity to go and watch the Flames before, what's the atmosphere like at a home game? Oh, it looks fantastic. And I think they've brought some more fans in this week, so it'll even be more of a pressure cooker. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's close to a sellout. I mean, if someone's listening, you can try and get one or two seats. But it's fantastic. The fans are loud and they, you know, they certainly help us. We've had some close games at home where the fans have been loud and cheered and, you know, helped us get over the line. So right. it'll be a great atmosphere. I can confirm that is indeed true. We play futsal on there on that court every Monday night. <laughs> and, uh, they cheer very loudly whenever I score. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often, right, Mel? No, there is there is a really great atmosphere. I've been to a few of the games this year, and it's fantastic to see so much support for the women. Uh, Now, this grand final series is going to be streamed via the WNBL Facebook page, but we've seen in the paper over the last few days some developments about a broadcast deal, Cheryl, that might be happening next year for the basketball, and hopefully we'll see you back on our TV. Can you tell us anything about it? Look, I don't know a lot about it, but I really hope it's true. I mean, uh, basketball was the forefront. I mean, we were on ABC, we had Game of the Week, and I think we even had two games of the week at some stage, so... Um, you know, to get it back on TV would be absolutely fantastic. I have heard that there's a deal with Foxtel that might be um, imminent, but I, I don't know the details. But, I, you know, I think people are working really hard on it, which is great. And it certainly deserves to be broadcast if you're producing talent like Asia Taylor, or in, in the sense that she's come here and now propelled herself back into the WNBA. She's going to be playing with the Washington Wizards this year with people like Elena Del Don and Christy Tolliver. You're just producing such a calibre of talent at the moment. Yeah, look, the league, and it, you said you've seen a few of it. I mean, the league this year, the standard is really good. I mean, there's there's no napping. There's no, you can't play anyone. Everyone can play. Um, you know, the coaches are good. So the standard is absolutely fantastic. I don't think there's any problem with that. We've just got to market it and, and get it back on TV and, and get these girls seen by, you know, audiences again. Cheryl, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us this morning. We wish you all the best tonight and hopefully Sydney can, can win, can yeah. win the series. We'd love to see that. Thank you. We'll take all your luck and do, do, our, do our best. Look forward to it. Thank you, Cheryl. All right. Thanks, ladies. You'll all know that this week the world celebrated International Women's Day. Now, this is a day about speaking out and advocating for a more inclusive and gender equal world. And that is something I think our entire panel can get behind this morning. What I loved about International Women's Day this week was all the sports coming out and telling us the phenomenal things that they are doing for female participation and female inclusiveness in their various codes. So I'll start and just mention a couple of those sports. So Cricket Australia, there are more than 121,000 fans attended matches during the second edition of the Rebel WBBL and the Network 10 coverage attracted 271,000 viewers per match. 
Britt, I thought you would also like the news about the Cricket Australia's growing cricket fund for girls, and that's resulted in an additional 500 girls' teams joining more than 40 new girls' competitions as a result of the funding boost. So I thought you'd love, love that one because I know how much you love not only watching your cricket but playing your cricket too. The other thing we've seen is a spike in older women coming to the game too. So it's not just girls, and that's the biggest part because we're talking about the, the next generation and what we can build up for them, but it's encouraging all women to give it a go, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And another favourite sport of yours, Britt, netball. <laughs> so this year, Netball Australia celebrates its 90th anniversary, and we've obviously seen a big focus on netball in the last year with the new competition. And that new competition is supported with a maternity leave scheme and it's raised the average player salary to $67,500. That's good. And away from the competition, so Netball Australia through the One Netball Program in Australia and in Asia and the Pacific has been committed to improving the lives of women and girls in marginalised communities. So Netball is doing great stuff not only on the court but away from it as well. And the last one that I wanted to mention... A woman that I think is special to everyone on this panel, and that's Michelle Heyman, who last week won the Sports Personality of the Year at the inaugural Australian LGBTI Awards. We all just love Michelle because we were all on the show <laughs> the when show. we when we interviewed her. As well as being a talented footballer, Michelle is so passionate about basically advocating for people to be themselves and for her to win an award that is celebrating her for being the person that she is, I thought that was amazing. The other person that needs mentioning, of course, is Alex Blackwell, who Mm -hmm. was also nominated for that award and is also very deserving. Two outstanding people and athletes as well just happens to be that they're they're great people at first. Absolutely. Mm. Now, I thought what would be fun in this segment is we're just going to go around the room and I'd love you to talk about a woman in sport that inspires you. Britt, I'm going to throw to you first. Okie doke. <laughs> so the person I've picked is Jacinda Kennedy, who will play uh, the, for the Dandenong Rangers in the grand final of the WNBL series that we've just been talking about. She's retiring this season, is 34 years old, a mother of three. Her eldest, Jada, turns 10 today. And this week she started her master's teaching degree. Amazing. So going to be As moving on to the primary school um, sort of environment rather than basketball, but also married to Josh Kennedy, a former socceroo, and had 10 years off from the game two Jesus. years ago, following him around and, you know, organising the children while he completed his career overseas. And to now finish off her career in the WNBL with a grand final series, it's just mm. poignant of, of the way that women juggle everything everything, and yeah. are still able to meet that, that top class of play, isn't it? Yeah, that is incredible. I mean, we we say you know we we really admire our male athletes, but you're right. The the female athletes have to juggle so much more, earn less money. Um, and we're talking about, as you said, the yeah. WNBL with less money. There's yeah. no money in the, in basketball no. at the moment. There's no recognition. So to you're put it all it on the, the line, yeah, you know, they do it because, it because they love, love it. Yeah. They love it so much. Yeah. But the level of commitment is no less. I just wanted to to thank Roy Ward for bringing me to her attention from the Sydney Morning Herald. He's been phenomenal for basketball this season and covered like almost every game. Probably the only person I can say that's done so. So good work by Roy. Yeah, it's my turn. It's your turn, Mel. We're all looking at you. Well, I've uh, I, I I thought about this and it's really hard for me to look past Serena Williams. Um, one of the mo- well, the most dominant female player in tennis for decades, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, the most 
titles in the open era, 23 single Grand Slam titles, uh, 39, I believe, overall um, in, in, you know, mixed and doubles and whatnot, four Olympic gold medals. It doesn't get much better than that. She's been consistently dominant. And in women's tennis, professional women's tennis, where you have almost like a bit of a carousel of players that come into form for maybe a year or two and then go out of form really hard, you Eugenie Bouchard's, you Caroline Wozniacki's, um, you know, uh, Anna Ivanovich, like these players have been number one, but then inevitably fallen. So the fact that Serena Williams just year after year, and what is she now? She's uh, 30, 34, 36, something like that. Mm. Um, she's, you know, so she's not a spring chicken anymore in terms of athlete athlete numbers. Um you know, 35, my bad, 35. Well, you've got 34 and 30, you know, mid-30s. Yeah, yeah mid-30s. <laughs> but, I mean, it, as you say, with women having to juggle so many different things, the fact that she's still on top of her game and showing no signs of slowing down there, you know, you see with perhaps the Roger Federer's and stuff, there's a little bit of a dip happening around that age. There is no slowing her down. And she just loves tennis. It just oozes out of her. There was this great video that leaked a couple of weeks ago where she was just having a walk, where like she was walking her dog, I think somewhere in Florida or California or something like that. And she just sees these two random guys playing tennis. And so she's like, I'm just going to go over and see if they want to have a hit. <laughs> she, she's in her I Uggs. I need to see this video. Yeah, she's in her Uggs. She's sort of Snapchatting the whole thing. Um, her dog is running around the court. They're just like, is that Serena Williams? Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, absolutely, come play with us. That's That would be amazing. So she does in her Uggs. <laughs> She's like tightening them as much as she can. She just loves it. And that sort of passion and that success at that level for so long. And she's been so outspoken. Preach, like you go, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. been so Without outspoken about equality as well, hasn't she? She has. I think one of my favourite ever, ever quotes is someone asked her last year in a press conference, do you think you're going to be well, – how do you feel about putting be, being put down as the greatest – uh, female athlete of all time, and she said, "I prefer greatest athlete of all time." She's yeah. boss. Yeah, yeah. she's absolutely she boss. Is strong, and especially as African American woman in uh, you know tennis circles, which kind of like golf with Tiger Woods, historically perhaps a lot more you know leaning towards the white you know country club type vibes. For her to burst in and you know be this amazing, cool, inspiring, athletic, she's so freaking fit. And strong, it's just, yeah, I think she's a, a really good And the support she has with her sister. Yeah, and, I was going to mention that, just uh, watching Serena and Venus. each other, but then there's no, like, hate. There's no, they're just, you know, yeah. family first. Stuff. And they love each other. Like, yeah. Serena speaking after the Australian Open this year, it was just an absolutely delightful yeah. moment. Yeah. Her and her sister, best friends, mm-hmm. amazing athletes. And, yeah, you're right, Mel, just a, a joy to watch. It's and amazing. And done so much for tennis. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay, so... My one is an AFLW player, and I wanted to talk about Moana Hope, who plays for Collingwood. Now, it seems that everyone in the world has watched the Australian story on Mo, <laughs> except me. So this week I had the opportunity to go and listen to her speak and hear her story from beginning to end, and I was absolutely gobsmacked. She was such a charming athlete, and she sat on stage with her sister and held her hand throughout the whole time that they were speaking and it was just a really lovely conversation. So for those of you who don't know much about Mo, she's 23 years old and grew up in Housing Commission in Melbourne and that's the way she refers to it. She still lives in Housing Commission and is very proud of that in fact. She's one of 14 brothers and sisters so she grew up in a very, very hectic two-bedroom apartment. Mm. They had bunk beds and they used to just sleep in five bunk beds, 14 kids all into the bunk beds. 
As she was growing up, her father got quite ill with cancer, and so she stopped going to school between year seven and ten. So she gave up her schooling to go and live with her dad and look after, after him mm-hmm. and essentially be full-time carer, but she called it full-time best friend to him. So she's very honest and open about the fact that there are some big words that she can't read because she missed so many years of school. And then her sister is also disabled. So now Mo is not only playing AFLW, not only is she working, but she is also full-time best friend to her sister Vinny. And just to hear her talk about the love that she had for her family, when she was talking about growing up, she said a lot of people assumed that it was very difficult. And she said, yeah, we, you know, we didn't have much, but I wouldn't change any of it because the love she is. Yeah. And the love that my family has for each other, like that is a bond that absolutely Mm. cannot be broken. And I was just absolutely moved by that because in a world where, you know, so much of us are worried about money and the next step in our career and looking after ourselves financially, Mo clearly has a value system which aligned to her family and doing what she loves. And and football has been a real game changer for her as well. So she's been quoted saying, I grew up loving it and I've never stopped loving it. Apparently before she got drafted to play AFLW, she just had no idea about the gym requirements that professional (laughs) athletes needed. She didn't know you know, the benefits of going to the gym. So she she turned her life around, is now going to the gym, is on an eating plan and is doing the right things to make sure that she's performing, you know, on and off the field. And I just found her amazing. And what's so great about that, having, you know, someone who has a great story, has amazing character, something that in women's sports we really need more. We need to hear more of those stories because in men's sports you latch onto these great players because of their amazing stories because it's just all in our face. With these, uh, with women's sports, Sport, that's sometimes a little harder. We find. need to know the backstories, but but that yeah. is what makes a star. That is what builds them up and makes us want to tune in to every game. And um, you know, along with that comes with sponsorship, comes mm-hmm. backing, comes broadcast deals. Um, you know, I think I believe that uh, Moana has a big deal with Nike. So you know, those sort of things they are they add that little bit of extra support, but also that little bit extra bit of exposure, which I think is great. And I didn't even mention her on the football field. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I've told you her whole story and haven't even mentioned. Also a gun. Also a gun on the field. <laughs> the way that I wanted to finish off my little piece of this segment is that Mo actually gave her mum a deposit I saw that. for a house last week. And she said it's still in housing commission, but my mum has always wanted her own house. And next week, last week, sorry, Mo was able to present her with that check. And by this point, I was crying in the yeah. audience. Like, I was just sitting there crying because I was so moved. And so in awe of this amazing woman. Wait till you see the Australian story then. Yeah, Yeah, I'll be talking about, I think, that on the show next week. But um, I just wanted to shout out to all our female athletes. We love you. Um, We are such big advocates for you on this show. Keep going and doing all your amazing things. We can't wait to keep talking about it. And we're really lucky that we have this podcast in a sense that we can talk about women's achievements week in, week out. But apart from that, International Women's Day gives us that opportunity to go, hey, you know, it's not about you guys for a day. Give us one day a year and we'll just go crazy. Um, but, man, if you're listening, embrace it. You know, don't be a wallflower or don't, you know, be that sort of person that goes, you know, why do we have to hear all about a women? Rah, rah, rah. When's uh, men's International Day? And yeah. it's actually later every in the year, just in day, case. Every <laughs> other day, if you're wondering. <laughs> um, but feminism by definition is actually 
the, the advocacy of women's rights on the ground of equality for the sexes. So you can be a man and still be a feminist. That's Come on, guys, I, jump I on board. I tell all my male friends to be feminist. And if they say they're not, I say, do you believe that men and women should be equal? And if they say yes, I say, great, you're a, a feminist. feminist. Exactly. Woo-hoo! And That's sport's it. the perfect atmosphere and sort of space for us to talk about this stuff, isn't it? It oh, sure yeah. is. It's an equal playing field. I have a really difficult question I think is going to open a can of worms. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> When do you think we're going to be satisfied? When do you think we'll know we've reached true equality oh in sport? God. Oh, okay, yeah, you need to clarify that <laughs> She's one. just come out I just, this I, I get asked it all the time and I just think it's, it's really tough. When are we going to know? For me in sport, I would just like to be able to see women have the opportunity to be professional athletes and to be able to play sport and for that to be enough for them to be financially sustainable. And for that to be uh, easily uh, identifiable and discoverable for the public. Mm. You know, like, so you, in the same way that you know, you know, the footy's on at the weekend at Allianz or something like that, you know that, okay, there's a game on. So if we're free, let's go head down to, you know, see some women's rugby league. Let's go to some- Pertec Stadium and watch, you know, you know, yeah. the Parramatta Eels take on the Sharks in the women's competition. Exactly. Let's go do exactly. that. Exactly. So for me, as you said, it's not about equal pay as much as it is about, as you said, equal opportunity and recognition. And I spoke with Talcart for Female Football Week earlier. Um, she's a former Matilda. And I sort of said this to her, <laughs> opened a can of worms again. And she, she was like, you didn't prepare me for this. Um, but she had a really good quote in the fact that she said, I think it'll be when we don't need female football week anymore, when we know we need, we don't need to specifically acknowledge the success of women, we won't need to continue to recognize barriers remain because they won't remain. And female football week will be all weeks of the year when we don't talk about women's football as women's football. We'll just talk about football and about men playing the game and women playing the game within that heading. Yeah. That's what it is. It's that subconscious that it's just there, you know, that it won't be highlighted sort of thing. And it's not a story when a woman gets appointed to a board or when Avon Sampson moves to Fox to lead their coverage. Like, it's just, it's happened. Mm. Bonnie's moved to Fox mm-hmm. and she's going to be leading their coverage. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Oh, you guys um, answered that quite well. I'm very happy with those answers. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, we've satisfied you, Britt. Any other can of worms you want <laughs> to open? That's it for today, I promise. Excellent. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. This is and while we're celebrating diversity, a big shout out to the NRL, where representatives joined thousands of people last weekend as part of the annual Mardi Gras in Sydney on Saturday night. So the NRL celebrated Pride in League, and former NRL players, including Wendell Saylor, Paul Langmack, Ian Roberts, Dan Hunt, Jamie Feeney, and Dean Hallatow were all there to promote equality within rugby league and throughout communities. This is the third year running that the NRL has had a presence in the parade, and the second year in a row that the game has had a float, celebrating and encouraging diversity and pride for all. Also, big news in women's football this week because it is Female Football Week and that will encompass the A-League split round 23. So Female Football Week will have a number of official ambassadors to drive the promotion and awareness of the contribution that females make to football across Australia. On the field, women's football is the fastest growing area of the sport and female participation continues to increase, particularly among girls under the age of 14. So if you're heading to the A-League this weekend, be sure to keep your eye out for celebrations. And finally, I just wanted to mention surfing, where world champion Tyler Wright says the battle for equality on the waves for women has been won, at least on the world tour. And the world champion hopes that the women's championship tour, which is currently half the size of the men's tour, delays expanding for a while at least. 
There have been big changes in surfing in the last couple of years and a lot of that also has to do with Jessie Miley Dyer who is the women's commissioner for the Women's Surf League. So the women on the world tour now have a big say on the way it's run. They even vote on how the prize money is allocated, opting to spread it for the good of women's surfing. You'll all know Tyler Wright because last year she became the first woman in eight years to win five events in a WSL season as she clinched out the world title with a whole round to spare. Women making a name for themselves in Aussie rules football? We'll show you that. You're unbelievable. Britt, what are you going to be doing tonight at 7pm? Um, so actually I'm playing cricket very shortly. Okay. Um, first time in like four weeks because it's been too hot and it got cancelled or it's rained and, and sorted that out. Uh, but after that, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be heading to uh, Sydney Uni to watch the WNBL first game of that grand final series. So I hope none of my friends are listening because I'm actually <laughs> brushing them. I'm supposed to be going to a birthday party. So sorry. <laughs> Look, that's okay. Sydney haven't been in a grand final for a really long time. And your friend 2001. will have another. Yeah, your friend will have another birthday next year. That's oh, that's true. Your friend will have another birthday. That's great. Yeah. You're a lawyer. You're really good at arguing. There you go. So now your friends can listen to the show as well. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mel? What are you looking forward oh, to gosh, this weekend? Well, I'm frantically trying to find out when the new when the Newtown Jets are next playing at Henson Park because uh, I am just pumped to get out there. I don't know if any any of your listeners have ever done that, but I highly recommend it if you are indeed um, a rugby league fan and you don't mind watching some up-and-comers. Uh, Henson Park, great venue. Get a sausage sizzle, grab a tinny, sit on the hill in the sun, watch the planes go over and watch some great rugby league. I hope that they're playing next weekend after I've pumped them up like that. But um, also I do want to give a bit of a shout-out to uh, the Australian baseball uh, team over in Tokyo. Unfortunately, they lost uh, yesterday to uh, Cuba in a very, very close game, lost 4-3. Um, they needed to win that to progress for the very first time to the second round at the World Baseball Classic. Unfortunately, fell just short. Grand Slam by Cuba just got them over the line. But, uh, you know, it's so annoying, isn't it, with Australian teams? <laughs> they, they draw you in. You get pulled into this underdog story. They come within reach and then pull just short. And they break it's your so heart. It's so frustrating. So um, unfortunate for those guys. But we do have a lot of very talented uh, baseball players in and, and softball players as well in the women's game. Um Definitely a lot of talent coming through and uh, hopefully those guys return to America and have some success in the upcoming season and into spring training right now over there. So Mel, I just want to talk about everything that you've just said basically again. <laughs> um, I love the Jets, so I've got in my diary when they play the Magpies at Henson Park. So right. I'll send you a diary note Please and we can do. go yes. sit on the hill and watch it's the like Jets dogs play Wendy. come by, just pat a bunch of dogs. It's just great. A great time. It's really good. And there's that guy on the bicycle every time Newtown oh, yeah, score Jetman. a try. Jetman. He's <laughs> He rides around. Is it like the Bronco at the Broncos game? No, no, no. Actually, so no. Like, Jet, Jetman is the mascot in the in the big outfit, but there's like there's this a random guy. guy on a bicycle yeah. that whenever the Jets score, he does like a lap of the ground and the kids chase him around. Like it's a phenomenal. With kids Brit, you it, should yeah. come to Henson so Park cool. is um, an experience all in itself. It it's is great. amazing. Wow. And they'll be really happy that we've given them a little shout and out I on the show. I can't remember the exact number, but there is an ongoing joke <sighs> at the Jets where every week it's the same attendance. Even really? if there's not that many people or there's more. People. So the story is that at the Jets home games, every crowd is the same, and the crowd that they announce is the crowd that was there the last time the Newtown Jets had a you oh, know a game. So in, cool! It wasn't the NRL back then, but had a game there. <laughs> Took me so. ages so cool. to realise that too, because I'm yeah. going to games, going, wow, oh, that's a lot of people. <laughs> 
I don't think there's that many. Are they all at the toilet or are they lining up for food? Where are these people? There's a great game of netball happening tonight. I'm just Ah, going to flag my favourite code. Um, Sunshine Coast Lightning have won two from three and drawn another, and the Giants netball have won all their three games. So top two uh, teams at the moment will be playing tonight in Sippy Downs. I don't know where that is. Sorry, Sounds guys. fun though, doesn't it? But yeah, it? no, it'll be Sit on. Down. It'll be on Jam. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> Sounds like a water slide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Look, there's That's opportunity for sponsorship there, right? <laughs> don't know where to go to from there. So we've got netball, we've got AFL, we've got WNBL, we've got rugby league. It's all happening this weekend. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Go out there and watch some sports. Jump onto the Castaway Podcast Award website and chuck us a vote in the popular vote. Leave us some love on iTunes. We haven't had any love for a little while, Brit, and it's, it's really upsetting. So Aww. if someone could please leave me it's a National review. It's National Women's Day, guys. Yeah, what did come we just on. say? <laughs> Get behind. No, um, a review would be lovely. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Go the Eels. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Turn your porch lights off because we're coming home with a trophy. Last play. <laughs> Bremner goes down the short side, turns it away to Karina Brown. She puts it on the foot. That's taken the hand of Fiso. Brown hustling up. She's dived on the ball. You're listening to Ladies Who Lead.